0: What is up, everybody? Welcome in to a late night edition of Shout, a Buffalo Bills football podcast. He is Ryan Talbot. He is on the West Coast. Some people like to call it the best coast. Sorry. I loved my time on the West Coast, and I still say that. Uh, Probably not a good thing to say in a predominantly uh, East Coast. uh, um, Everybody in here cheers for the Bills. They're on the East Coast. I get it. I'm sorry. Um, I love the West Coast, though. You are out in Arizona. He is Ryan Talbot. but I am Matt Perino. This is Shout. Late night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, wherever you're watching. Thank you. Uh, welcome into the show. We're brought to you by Topps. Um, with over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town from beef and Turkey to chicken and veggie. You'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger tops world of burgers is yours to explore. What is up, Ryan?
1: Hey, not too much. It's a pretty steamy here in Arizona, 110 degrees today, but I heard it was pretty steamy out there on the practice field too. tempers
0: flaring, Matt tempers are flaring. And I got to say, The lighting situation is much better, and I got to tell everybody, we we had a ring light shipped to Arizona, ready to go. You turned it on this afternoon, was working fine. You went out for a little while, came back in, boom, doesn't work anymore. But you've done a good job. This is much better than Ryan after dark, which we got last, last August.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a better setup. But, yeah, such such a weird scenario. Worked perfectly when I first uh, put it all together, and then all of a sudden I couldn't get this thing to work whatsoever. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely make this work, though, for the time being.
0: You look great. Um, let's get into uh, Mr. Stefan Diggs, who I feel like has just raised the level of competition. And I started thinking about it on the sidelines today as, you know, he is absolutely competing. Uh, one-on-one with Trey White during the one-on-ones, just great exchanges. I saw Trey White have one. He made a b- bunch of catches during uh, the, the the team periods and then late in practice he actually had one where Josh Allen threw a dot, like deep down the field, probably 30-40 yards on a rope. Diggs beat the defense and it just it popped off of his hands, like something you never see from, from Diggs and I feel like you know, he turned around, he ran back to the huddle and kind of like it kind of felt like he was raising his hands like, my bad, my bad. That's on me. Um, but Diggs's level of competition at this training camp now into these weeks of practice leading into the preseason games has just hit another level. And today, you know, Taryn Johnson, you know, found himself on him in coverage. He just finished the play and it didn't really tackle him, but more so like just stumbled on him and like they kind of rolled to the floor or to the turf. And when they bounced back up, digs did not take kindly to the hit kind of got up, pushed Taryn or Taryn Johnson off, pushed him off of him. Then he threw the ball at him and all these people came flying into the scene. And it was, it was kind of another just crazy situation. Tyrell Dotson was involved in a kind of a little bit of an altercation again today, John back and forth with Dion Dawkins. Um, the intensity is at a all-time high. I'm very interested to see how this now transitions into the preseason game on Saturday because I was talking to Matt Beauvais on the sideline today from Channel 7, a good friend. I do not remember in the last five years two practices like this where, like Josh Allen said, the the, the height of the competitiveness has stayed at this height for this amount of time. It's been, it's been really something to watch.
1: Yeah, you, you know, in, in our subtext shout insider group, I had some fans asking today, do you think this is going to uh, bother anyone in the locker room on the defensive side of the ball that Diggs is so fired up? I said, no, they're, they're loving this. This is bringing out the competitive fire in all every player on this roster. And, you know, if you see Stefan Diggs practicing this hard, it's going to want to make you raise your level too. It doesn't matter if you're uh, Tyrell Dodson or one of the cornerbacks matched up against Diggs or even someone on the offensive side of the ball. When your leaders are practicing this hard and it means this much to them, it's going to raise the level of competition on both sides of the ball. Uh, I love seeing this, you know, you, you don't want to encourage fights and scuffles or uh, anything of the sort, but it was funny that we went through all of training camp and there really was nothing. And now all of a sudden, okay, tempers are flaring. They're, they're showing that they're ready to kind of hit some people that aren't their own teammates here. And it's kind of been trickling over into these practices. So I love it. It definitely does not have any kind of negative impact on the locker room. Like I said, it's just going to raise everyone's levels of competitiveness uh, as we go into these last two weeks of the preseason, as we get into some meaningful games in the regular
0: season. You know, just observing Stefan Diggs in this setting um, he's always super fiery, but there seems to be a different level to it this year. Like, we have the, the kind of setting that was set with everything that happened in the offseason, what kind of materialized during minicamp, and then the storyline that kind of percolated until Diggs talked at the beginning of training camp. And I wonder how much this has to do with Stefan Diggs, not only whatever the issues were a couple of months ago, but like feeling like the window is closing for him like more so than the team, whatever this is going to look like for the next five, six, seven years. Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver in the in the NFL who is not getting any younger. He is right now 29. He will turn 30 this season in November. And so I think you start to feel that added level of urgency. And to me, that's what I think we're seeing out there. And I don't want to put words in his mouth and hopefully we'll get a chance to, to speak to Stefan over the next couple of days to kind of get his take on this. But it wouldn't surprise me if that's what's happening here. It's just like, all right, you lost 13 seconds to Kansas City a couple of years ago. You lose at home to Cincinnati in the playoffs last year. We are going to keep this the gas to the floor from the start of training camp all the way through the final game. And that's going to be the expectation and the standard. And I almost wonder if Stefan Diggs isn't even just raising this himself so that he can kind of set that standard to kind of percolate throughout the se- season
1: all all gas no breaks, as the saying goes, Stefan Diggs wants to set the standard now, and he wants this team to play with that kind of fire all season long he You know he talked after the season was over during Super Bowl week about he couldn't figure out what happened or why it happened, and uh why they came out so flat, why they struggled, and you're right, this is probably his sense of urgency saying. You know, our time my time is taking down the number, you know, 30 is that magic number for NFL wide receivers and for running backs in some cases. And uh, he knows that his best chances of winning a Super Bowl are in these next few years and they've come so close. But now it's up to him to kind of set that standard and and show this team uh, what needs to be done and take on that extra leadership role. And, you know, I think that his teammates, Matt, are going
0: to appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Diggs over in the YouTube chat says that we need to put the the text number in here so people know how to sign up. The text number is, it's huge. uh, 528-716-528-6727. For those that are listening on the um, audio platform after we put this thing live, I'll put it up on the screen here right now. You text that number, finish the sign up process, you become a a shout bills insider on the text line. What that gives you access to is our, all of our observations, whether it be from practices, talking to players in the locker room, get after the games in depth analysis. It's all coming on the text line. You get to try it out for two weeks for free. Then it's three 99 a month after that. It is absolutely awesome. And what's really cool about it is it gives you that one-on-one, one-on-two access to Ryan and myself, you know, on a day like today, for example, you know, I was out of practice. I gave a bunch of, you know, observations, things that were happening there, some updates. A lot of people came back with some questions. I was kind of off for a little bit. Ryan was in the in the chat, like, you know, answering people's questions all day long. Tomorrow I'll probably come back in the morning. I'll answer a bunch of questions. And and that's just the way that it that it's been rolling. We've really enjoyed it so far.
1: Yeah, we're having a blast with it. Our good friend Alex in the comments. No, not streaming from my pantry. Uh, spare bedroom at my brother and sister's house here in Arizona. Buckeye, Arizona. Uh, beautiful, beautiful place. So in, in enjoying it, but happy I can also have some time here and talk shout and Bills football with the Bills Mafia.
0: Um, a lot to get into here today, but let, let's quickly change gears to, to middle linebacker. Um now, remember, when we get into talking about what happened at practice, that we are now in that second phase where we're limited in how much we can report on. Can't tell you who played first team, second team. Can't tell you too much about certain plays. Um, there, there's just a you know different kind of parameters on what we can report. But what I can tell you is that the Bills are really dinged up at middle linebacker, Ryan. Um, Terrell Bernard's out. He's working his way back from the hamstring. Was doing some light side work today, which was the first time – uh, I've seen him doing that since he was injured, um, which is a good sign. So he's starting to kind of work his way back, but I still think we're probably a little ways out. And those, those middle, those hamstrings are tough. Now you have Baylin Specter, who all of a sudden pops up today. He wasn't practicing. Uh, Elena Getzenberg is reporting that it is a back uh, issue for him. We'll get more clarity, hopefully on that tomorrow from Sean McDermott. Um, but, you know, a lot of opportunity now for a guy in Tyrell Dotson who doesn't have a lot of competition outside of maybe AJ Klein, who, you know, has played this role in the defense. And I think he's that, that safe play. Like Sean McDermott uh, knows him from all their years together in Carolina. He's been in Buffalo for the majority of the last three or four seasons, but at at his age and the athletic limitations, I I think landing on AJ Klein is going to be a serious, um, eyebrow razor for you know fans and probably people in that locker room and the problem is you know Tyrell Dotson's coming off a pro- performance on Saturday where he just wasn't very good and now you're in a situation where all the cards are on the table the opportunity is there for him Um you know he's had a couple of moments in practice the last couple of days where he's getting into it with people and you know you wonder if some of the frustration isn't boiling it over but you know there could be a big middle linebacker problem here Ryan like I don't know if there's a clean answer and and, and time's running out to find one.
1: Yeah, time's running out and options are running out, Matt. You know, you don't want to say that Dodson's going to win this job by default, but it sure feels this way. You know, AJ Klein is someone that knows the system that you can kind of plug in and play when need be, but he wasn't part of this competition from the get-go. You you knew that it was a a one-point-a-three-man race, and now you have – uh, Bernard dealing with the hamstring injury. You you have Balen Spector reportedly dealing with a back injury, and now it's just kind of Dodson. And, and you hate to see a competition end like this, where it kind of just gets handed to someone by default. And you know the only silver lining here would be if Dodson can come out here on, on Saturday against Pittsburgh and really put together a strong performance and end the preseason the following week on a high note. Uh, because then I think Bills fans might have a little bit more confidence in that middle linebacker position. But it, it's definitely troublesome that you know, we're, we're a few weeks away from the regular season, and the Bills are kind of running out of options and competition for Dodson at that spot, and it looks like they're going to go with the veteran who he's had his moments at camp. He, he's made some nice run stops, but like you said, he's coming off of a performance against the Colts where I think even he would like to say or would admit that there's some plays he would like to have back
0: yeah, I'm very interested to see how they you know work guys in. like one guy that we didn't talk a ton about and going back and watching the game, I mean, he really popped in, in the second half was Traven Howard as a guy that, you know how, how much versatility does he have? Is he somebody that you can maybe start to work in? He's, a, he's you know he's been around for a couple of years. He played on those Va- that von Miller team in LA a couple of years ago. Uh, obviously' been around a really good defense. Um, but again, like Dorian Williams, we, we thought that maybe he would be in the middle linebacker competition just hasn't played there. And so now do the bills pivot, do they take a little bit off of the middle linebackers plate to allow them to just go out there and see what it looks like operationally, just to get a different look with two guys, maybe not available on Saturday. I don't know what they're going to do. I will say in practice today, I can bring you some, you know, moments, AJ Klein specifically, where I thought he struggled and Listen, any time a linebacker in this in this NFL, I don't care if you're talking about you know Bobby Wagner or you know uh, Darius Leonard. I mean, you could talk about the Tremaine Edmonds. They go one on one with Dalton Kincaid in this offense. I, I think that's going to be a challenging cover. And today, AJ Klein found himself out on an island with Dalton Kincaid, and you almost saw it pre-snap. Like, wait a second, is that happening? Is that Dalton Kincaid versus AJ Klein going to be happening? Because it didn't take Josh Allen too long to zero in on that play, throw an absolute beautiful pass. Dalton Kane obviously got separation, made the play, and, and AJ Klein kind of came uh piling into the play at the end. But that ended up being like a 25-30-yard catch. And then the end of the drive, they were they were kind of driving the length of the field. It's AJ Klein again, kind of in coverage, closest to the to Dawson Knox, who ends up catching a touchdown pass. So I, I don't know if you know, AJ Klein, a guy that's, you know, he's getting up there, Ryan. What is he, 33, 34 years old? He's not a super young player. He's, had, he's 32 years old. Um, so, I mean, he still can play. I just don't know if he can be relied upon specifically in coverage, you know, against some of these really elite tight ends and those quicker slot receivers.
1: Yeah, he he can still play, but you want to limit his reps. You don't want him as a potential starter at this point in his career. And that's no knock on him. He's had a a nice career in the NFL, he's had some nice moments with the Bills. Uh, But you're just at that point now where it's if we can have him for a few snaps here and there, if need be, that's great. But, you know, we had someone in the Shout Insider text group say that they would have been very concerned if Kincaid couldn't create separation against Klein. And, you know, I laughed, and it's very true. That would have been concerning, but. These teams would, you know, Aaron Rodgers in week one and all these other quarterbacks that they're going to see early this season and throughout the year, if an A.J. Klein were out there for some reason, I guarantee you they're going to try to attack him with their tight ends and, and create those mismatches on the field. So it's not ideal, the the depth options that they currently have. Uh, Dotson right now deserves that chance, but maybe the Bills do get creative in the preseason. I see some people here in the, in the comments saying, you know, Jorian Williams was good against the, the Colts in the preseason. He he was, but you don't want to keep moving him around. You don't want to just say, well, now we're gonna also have you in the middle linebacker competition. Right. Let him kind of learn everything he needs to learn about outside linebacker, and I guarantee eventually they'll cross-train him again. They'll get him involved at middle linebacker, whether it's this season or next. Uh, you don't want to put too much on a rookie's plate. it can hurt their confidence, it can hurt their play on the field. You want to make sure that the the game slows down for them. So, as much as Dorian Williams would be a fun option and to consider here and talk about, there's a lot of responsibilities that maybe the Bills just feel like he's not ready for it yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel as well, and do us a favor: text seven one six five two eight six seven two seven. Become a Shout Bills Insider for free for two weeks, two-week free trial, uh, $3.99 a month after that. Give it a try. See if you like it. Uh, gives you direct access to Ryan and myself. And, of course, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Tops is heating up the summer savings. Quench your thirst for savings and get $5 in cool cash. You get one point for every dollar you spend on the brands that you love. The best in town. I mean, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Polar, Gatorade, Tim Hortons even. Really, really great uh, brands. Ask your cashier to redeem your points for a coupon offer your next shopping trip. Ryan, let's talk about the you know the backup quarterback situation a little bit. Um, you know, Ken Dorsey got a chance to weigh in on it today, and I thought his comments were interesting because you know we've been fielding a lot of questions in the insider group about how uneasy Bills fans are about Kyle Allen and going forward with him as potentially the backup. And, and then Ken Dorsey comes out today and says, listen, I know that Matt Barkley's numbers were what they were and he did a great job. But at the end of the day, uh, both of the, of the quarterbacks, Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley graded out very similar against the Colts. So let me ask you this. Were you surprised at those comments? Um, he said that they both came in, were very effective. And he said he thought Kyle did some good things and obviously there are some things he can learn from.
1: No, I wasn't surprised, Matt, because when when he's saying they graded out pretty evenly, I think that when the the coaches go back and watch that tape, they're probably saying, okay, uh, did did the quarterbacks go through their progressions properly? Did they look at their first read, their second read? Did they make the right play? Did they throw to the right player in this scenario, this given play? And and when all is said and done, I'm sure that in in that part of it, they did grade out evenly. Now, obviously, fans are going to sit there and say, well, look at the stats. And you can't take Matt Barkley's day away from him. He was outstanding stat-wise. He was outstanding uh, against the Colts, but it was also the level of competition, the players that uh, he was going against. And to people that say that, uh, you know, he also was playing with third-string players on his side of the ball, that's also fair. But when the Bills talk about grading these players out, they're not just looking at it from a pure completion standpoint, uh, overall stat line. They're looking at it in terms of, How they, you know, the the play call itself, going through the progressions, making the right reads. And I thought Kyle Allen did do a good job of that uh, against the Colts. He had one pretty dangerous pass early on. Uh, But other than that, I mean, I think he did make all the right reads.
0: Yeah. And again, I think this comes back to something where, you know, what we're looking at, you know, to the naked eye compared to what the coaches are looking at, I mean, it, it's probably a little bit more operational than it is with, you know, play result in that setting. I mean, there's there's things that, you know, he even alluded to the fact that Kyle Allen throughout training camp and even going back to um, the spring has been given more reps as he tries to kind of learn this offense and figure out a way to kind of navigate things. It's, it's complicated. And I know a lot of fans don't want to hear that, but I also think they just want to see they're probably putting them in situations to where, all right, can you operate and see the things and then go back after the fact and maybe make some adjustments. So I think in a lot of ways, Ryan, this next game is even more important for Kyle Allen than the first game was because, you know, you're, you're going to be able to correct all of the little things that maybe didn't go right. How does he respond when he gets the same scenario, a same situation, a same read? Does he make a similar mistake? Does he make, uh does he improve in any way? I think, this evaluation is much more important.
1: Yeah. They said it's an open competition, and now you're going into game two of the preseason, and the Bills coaching staff, after the game's over, the next morning will go through and, and, grade each player out again. And it's important for Kyle Allen to improve on any areas where they thought that uh, he needed to work upon, whatever that may be. And and if he does show improvement there, I, I still think that puts him in the driver's seat to be the number two quarterback. Uh, it's not a knock on Barkley, but Allen has more mobility. He has a little bit more arm strength. There's some things that they're probably looking for that in the event that they needed someone to step in, they would feel like Allen, Kyle Allen, that is, uh, might be able to have a little bit more success with the starters. But time will tell on that. Like uh, I just stated, it is still an open competition. Matt Barkley might come in again and just absolutely uh, put up monster stats against the Steelers like he did against the Colts. And then maybe this competition ends sooner than we thought and with a different winner than we thought.
0: Um, speaking of competitions, let's head over to uh, the offensive line and the right guard spot. Does it feel a little bit like Osiris Torrance maybe has – pushed ahead of Ryan Bates. I say that because, okay, he's coming off of a game where he obviously looked comfortable. And that's one of the things that Dorsey mentioned today is that like nothing was too big for him. He looked good in pass pro. He looked good in run, run blocking. You know, Greg Cosell was on one bills live a couple of days ago and he dove into the tape on Torrance and said, man, he looked a little bit more athletic than I thought he did at Florida. And so now you look at this spot and the potential to add in a real blue chip like potential kind of guard and the versatility of Ryan Bates, which we've mentioned many times, is kind of his downfall. And then you hear Ken Dorsey say, no matter what happens with Ryan Bates, he's going to be an integral part of our team. And to me, that sounds like, that first guy off the bench, which is so important to an offensive line because, you know, you're undefeated when it comes to battling injuries on your offensive line throughout the season. Somebody's going to go out at some point, especially in those interior spots. So I feel like, to me, that 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 real value of for Bates is being able to play all three inside spots. And Mitch Morris with a concussion history, you know, Connor McGovern's over there, see how he does. And then and Torrance is a rookie. You know, he's one play from from getting back into the game, and I think that's really valuable.
1: I I think that's beyond valuable. You just said it. He can play all three interior spots, that being Ryan Bates, and and that's something you want because of the injury history of Morris and just the – the way that this game is played, there's a lot of injuries throughout the season, and you're not going to feel like there's much of a drop-off if Ryan Bates has to step in at left guard, right guard, or center. Um, we've talked about the, the even the ability they could potentially even play like a spot like right tackle, although I'm sure the Bills would have a few guys in front of him on their depth chart there. He is important in that respect. He's going to be able to uh, keep the Bills you know, feeling good about their O-line if there was to be an injury. But in terms of Torrance, he passed his first test with flying colors. He was really good as a run blocker against the Colts. He held up really nicely in pass protection. There were a few plays on that opening drive. Uh, where I watched Torrens get to the second level after he he got by you know his man, I like the mobility, the athleticism that Cosell was likely alluding to uh, on one Bills live. There's a lot to like about that tape and uh, the fact that the Bills were able to get Osiris Torrens in the second round, someone that was projected as a first round pick by many draft analysts. Uh, I don't have any you know issue if they decide to go that route and start him. I think it's going to be good for him to have. Um, you know, a quality center next to him and Mitch Morse. And I think he could help elevate the game of a Spencer Brown, who's had a nice summer as well. It gives you some some big size and maulers on that right side of the line where uh, maybe you wouldn't think about going to that side with the run game, but now you might with Osiris Torrance in there. And then it also allows him to kind of learn on the job, grow and get better.
0: Um, I thought it was interesting, too, the comments Dorsey made when asked about the depth tackle competition with, um, uh, no, Elliot's asking what my shirt says, just the all-Juice team. Shout out to Rez Payler. Um And Ryan, another comment was that your shirt was angrily looking at people um so calm down would you please uh that's the shout shirt uh shout out 26 shirts which uh, i'm gonna see del reed tomorrow at an event uh, he's hosting um brandon shell retires uh there's obviously a lot of competition at that depth tackle spot you know i think dave david Questenberry. i mean he's he's in a competition to make this roster he's firmly on the roster bubble and you know it's funny he was asked ken dorsey was today about what to expect in that competition now and he he spoke a little bit about Tommy Doyle. Then he mentioned Questenberry. He finished with Ryan Vandemark. He did not mention Richard Garage. And I don't want to say that that's completely like booting him out of the competition. But, you know, I think it tells you a little something if you're just inferring there. At it, it, top of mind, I mean, it's it's Doyle, it's Questenberry, and it's Vandemark, And, you know, you think of that group, you're probably getting two of those guys onto the 53 to kind of uh, protect yourself in case a a tackle goes down. Doyle, I think, can play both spots. I think Vandemark, if he ends up beating out Questenberry, he fits in more at left tackle, but we'll see where they all kind of play on Saturday.
1: And it didn't surprise me that those were the three names that were mentioned because all three of those players have over a year of experience in this system. Vandermark being on the practice squad last year, Questenberry being on the main roster, Tommy Doyle too, Doyle being a former draft pick. I know he exited the season early. Uh, with an ACL injury this year, or this past year, excuse me. Uh, so, but they all have experience in the system. So to name those three as the the top three guys off the, the bench or competing for those swing tackle jobs or the, the depth jobs, not surprising at all. I'm not saying that uh, Richard Garage's uh, chance or path to a 50-man roster is closed off, but he was also In the game late third and fourth quarter, I want to see what he looks like against some second team players. If he performs well against the Steelers with their second team, then I think you can put him into that conversation. But, you know, a a coach going with guys that have been here a little bit longer in terms of the system and the knowledge of the system, I wouldn't overly read into it. But it's certainly telling that he did give those three specific names.
0: Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, smash that like button. Uh, subscribe to the channel as well. We're creeping up on 9,000 uh, subscribers on our YouTube channel, man. I mean, we I remember we started it right around the time of the Baltimore Ravens playoff game in 2020. Yeah. Uh, we had been on the NYUP page, uh, the early days of Shout, uh, and then we decided to just make our own channel uh, for the show. And, man, if people just absolutely um, – blown us away with their support of the podcast, the video version here on YouTube. It's, it's crazy. I think I did the numbers the other day We're we're closing out on like 350 videos on this channel since we started mm-hmm. averaging somewhere close to like 7,000 views per video. I mean, people are just amazing, man. It, bl- it blows me away every time I think about it.
1: Yeah, you know, the the fans, the Bills Mafia have been so supportive here on YouTube, whether it's just listening to the podcast back on Apple, watching live on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, We cannot thank you enough. But, yeah, you know, we're we're getting close to 9000 subscribers, over a million views on this new channel. Uh, Unbelievable stuff, Bills Mafia. Thank you for your support.
0: Um, I want to go next to Andy Isabella. I'm going to get into this character here because we could probably spend 20 minutes on the Andy Isabella debacle that I feel like the bills are, or or, I shouldn't say debacle the Andy Isabella conundrum that the bills kind of find themselves in because it's a good problem to have a, a player that onboards in the amount of time that Andy Isabella has had to learn this offense and is getting the kind of rave reviews that he's gotten. And I mean, You know, Ken Dorsey said he kind of stopped for a second when he was asked about Andy Isabella today and was just, he seemed kind of just blown away by him. And he's like, One of the most impressive things with him is clearly his work ethic and what he does, not only from a physical standpoint, but a mental standpoint, because he's come in and had very few mistakes mentally. He's in the right spots, and I think he's gained a lot of trust within the quarterback room and has done a nice job. He's in practices, like one of the first couple of days, quarterbacks are making checks, and he's on it. He knows what to do. So I think that's been the most impressive thing about him is just how quickly he's coming and picked things up from a mental standpoint. So you take that piece of the puzzle, like the mental part of it, the ability to download this very intense, hard scheme, and then apply what you've learned out on the field. People are noticing it. And then you just talk, come with the, the, the impressive traits, the the route running, the speed. You know, John Scott, who was on the show yesterday uh, and and was your long-lost brother with the bald hair, uh, bald head, people were commenting on it. He did a story with Andy. He sat, sat down with him yesterday. I saw a clip of it, and he talked about maybe being a little bit overwhelmed by the expectations of being a second-round draft pick after all these years of being an underdog. and The way that his career has materialized, it's almost like he gets to step back into that underdog role. And that's what he is now. And we know what Sean McDermott and this Bills team and organization, how they value that kind of story. There's a lot of juice behind this idea of Isabella making the roster.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and say that when the Bills brought him in for a workout a few weeks ago, they didn't think there was a any chance for him to make this team. But he, he's working out with Nikhil Harry, and they're they're looking for some depth because they have a lot of UDFA's and they have a lot of unproven guys. And Isabella gets the the contract, but from that point on, you know he's really wowed the coaching staff, teammates, you name it, and, and you mention it. He has this speed that you just cannot teach. He had some really nice routes against the Colts and uh, creating separation off the line. There's so much to like about him from the attributes, but he's also picked up this playbook. So, you know, you, you go a few weeks ago and you're like, well, we can bring him in, give him a look. Maybe he's someone that can land on the practice squad to now. We're sitting here talking that maybe there's a legitimate path to him making this 53-man roster. So first off, you know, tip of the cap to is, uh, Andy Isabella to get so many r- rave reviews and turn so many heads in such a short matter of time that we're, we're talking about this as a serious possibility at this point
0: of the year. So I'm, I'm, I'm going through the options in my head for, for what Brandon Bean would be working with. And I still think the most likely outcome is they risk him getting to the practice squad, trying to keep him there. I mean, the more he performs and the more is kind of written about him and the stories that are coming out, uh, I mean, it's going to get harder because I think people are going to like look at that speed and some of the things that are being said about him and like just trying to give him a chance. So getting him to the practice squad becomes difficult. Um, Do the Bills keep seven wide receivers? I I don't know if that's the play unless you have a role that you have in mind for Isabella and you want to maybe keep Hardy more on special teams. But again, I think that's limiting yourself because they paid Hardy all that money, and I think that there's juice to his game that maybe we just haven't seen yet. Then I think, okay, what about maybe chancing Justin Shorter to the practice squad, somebody that – listen – they like him. They spent a fifth round draft pick on him, but we've, we've seen this movie before. I mean, Khalil Shakir had this really great year last year and, uh, or, you know, rookie year as, as great as it was in those kind of little pockets, uh, not overall. And, you know, could you have gone in a different direction if there was an Andy Isabella like player? I don't know. Like what is, what has history taught you? So I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's a hard kind of thing to figure out because here's the key to it all too on shorter. He's probably going to be a four phase special teamer. And we know no matter what Bills fans think of him, they value that. Yeah,
1: they do value that. So to me, I think the best path is if they kept seven wide receivers. And uh follow up question that I've had from, from some people in the Shout Insider group as well where would they potentially replace that from? You could look across a lot of positions, you can talk about the secondary and, and, you know, get a guy like Cam Lewis on the 53-man roster that you feel comfortable with being able to play that nickel cornerback spot behind Taron and You think that he could probably be mixed in as safety depth, and you can utilize him in so many ways that his versatility maybe takes one uh, defensive back, uh, extra spot off the roster. You talk about how, you know, um, the versatility they have on the offensive line. You have players that can play uh tackle and guard like Questenberry. You have guys that can play like Ryan Bates three spots on the inside. Maybe you go one less player on the offensive line than they typically do. So there are ways to manipulate that. And you know, going back to what you said, maybe they maybe it's kind of a flip of the situation you said where it's not hardy in the return game maybe let isabella handle the return resp, uh, responsibilities excuse me and let hardy focus on the offense and then you know if hardy were to go down with an injury or miss any time or need a breather you have isabella waiting in the wings who is kind of a i don't want to say a clone but he has a lot of the same skill set the speed uh the ability to get the yards after the catch and then you already have him on this 53 man roster so If you want to prioritize him as your kick returner, punt returner, I know he's listed as number three right now on the the, uh, initial depth charts. That's another way you could justify him making this roster.
0: Um, I wanted to get into some Steelers stuff. I think we might do one more pod before um, Saturday. So I think we'll save that. Um, I I want to talk to Sean McDermott tomorrow too. kind of get a sense of who is playing. Uh, and And maybe we'll come back with something at some point tomorrow or very early on Friday. Um, Ryan, give us some final thoughts here before we get out of here. I mean, you're, you're out on the West coast. Have have you caught up yet in terms of sleep getting on that West coast uh, time?
1: Yeah, no, not yet. I think after a good night's rest, I will. uh, We, we got up around three in the morning uh, because we had a very early flight out of Cleveland. So we, I've been up for quite some time now. I think I'll be adjusted though by tomorrow. Uh, having a great time out here. Can't wait for the Steelers game, though, on Saturday, Matt, because, you know, after the second preseason game, I think we're going to have a lot of our answers in terms of uh, who's going to be cornerback two. Is it going to be Dodson at middle linebacker, which by default looks that way? And then we might have an idea of who are a handful of guys that could maybe make their case for this roster when all is said and done.
0: Mm-hmm. When all is said and done, you want deals, and the best deals on the freshest produce is happening right now at Tops Friendly Markets. Buy one, get one free. Check out some of these deals, Ryan. Six forty nine for a, pa- a sixteen ounce container of strawberries. Six seventy nine for a one pint container of blueberries. Six ounce container of raspberries for six forty nine, or A six ounce container of blackberries for $6.49 each. You buy one of them, you get one free. And listen, you just, listen, get get some fresh fruit, some fresh produce from Tops.
1: Best time of the year to do it, Matt. Before the summer's over, get that fresh, fresh produce at Tops.
0: And here's the thing. I ended up getting the best melon that's ever been invented a couple days ago. I cut it fresh. It was a beautiful, sweet honeydew. I cut it up. And I tell you right now, I feasted on that thing for the last three days, just piece by piece. And I will tell you, right before this show, I finished it off, put it in a glass container. I finished off the last seven or eight pieces of my very sweet green um, melon. And it was it was amazing, Ryan. I mean, I don't understand why people give all this hate to the honeydew. It was in season, perfect. Every single piece tasted delicious.
1: Yeah, I'm a honeydew fan, so you know, no hate for me. I I think it's a pretty underrated fruit this time of year.
0: Thank you. I appreciate your support on that matter. Become a Shout Bills Insider right now. The text line, text 716-528-6727. Two-week free trial, $3.99 a month after that. And listen, if you tried to sign up or maybe you texted the number and you never finished signing up, go finish it off. Give us a two-weeks. We'll see if you like it. We just got a a text message in the group. Is this thing going to go on after the preseason? This thing is going on all year long. 365 days of the year you have access to Ryan and myself. All right, we'll do this again uh, probably tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll see you then before the game on Saturday. Take care, everybody.